Hi, and welcome from Podimo and 2020. This is First Dates, the podcast. I'm Frankie Bridge. And I'm Cece Coleman. You've finished the drinks and settled the bill. You and your date have said your goodbyes and you're immediately on the phone with your best friend. So I got a notification from Tinder and it came up as like this big celebration on my phone. You know, like there was there was actual bits of confetti on my phone screen and it said, congratulations, you've been liked by 25,000 men on Tinder. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the post-date debrief. We'll be bringing you the most amazing, bizarre and heartwarming date stories. Cece and I haven't met our daters before and we'll be hearing the gossip for the first time with you. So Cece, I feel like you're on this like path at the moment of like you've been telling me you've been on some retreat where you've like locked your phone away and Mm -hmm. you've had some time out on your own and is this part of like... I don't know, you trying to feel better about yourself in a way of like inside out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always, that's kind of how I've always visualised it is like working from within to then out. I'm just, I guess, figuring out my my way again because I have moments in life where I'm really great, I'm really happy, and then I have these like, hmm, I think I need to do something different, and I'm having a hmm at the moment. So, hmm has meant I have lots of green tea. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think any of that comes down to like, like knowing your self-worth. Because sometimes I feel like with relationships and things like that, I think sometimes you can be with someone and you kind of lose yourself. Yeah, I think that's the the, the battle I have constantly is because you I end up going against a relationship and then it fails. So then I have to sort of fix myself and then I'm sort of fixed as such to a degree. You meet someone else and then it's like the repetitive pattern. So I think, yeah, I've probably been doing this for a few years now. But what I've found is the more I invest in me and the more time that I spend after the relationship has ended alone, I get I, there's like a moment that I could be doing anything running along the beach or that sounds really fancy. Yeah, I know, it really walking does. Walking along the road or doing something. And I have that moment of like, I've just figured it out. And I have light bulb moments now, whereas when I'm like too in it and too you know, let's jump into the next relationship. Let's go to straight away to a rebound. I'm not figuring out what I need. I'm just thinking, let's get away from whatever I've just been through. So I feel like I have not answered your question at all. However, yes, I'm going through a little bit of a self-development phase. No, I feel like you really did answer my question. Okay. But I think we're all kind of on a journey. Like I know I am on like knowing my self-worth and I think you know it more in different situations than others. And some people might feel less worthy in relationships or in a workplace or in friendships mm-hmm. or within themselves. And I go through stages where I feel good and bad in those yeah. different things. And I think, again, like you say, it's like that self-discovery and on the inside well, I, out. I love that because I think it's like good to remember that it's not always high and we can look at people on Instagram, right? And we can think, wow, look how great their life is. Look how mm. fabulous everything is. But we all have our thing and it's how we how we manage it. Like we're normal, we're human, we fuck up, we repair and then we do it again. And I guess that's just what life is, right? <laughs> Yay! Yay! And that's the end of the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to lift you up. Well, I know. (laughs) There are two women here that hopefully will lift us up. They're going to turn this around. No pressure, guys. They know all about knowing their self-worth and figuring themselves out. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself, ladies? My name is Rebecca Archer. And I began to realise in life that I am an oversharer. 
that is kind I of, hear that. Yeah, same. So I decided why not make a career out of it and become an oversharing writer. Um, oh, brilliant. So that's that's what I've done. And I am just about to publish my very first poetry book called Ooh. Heartbreak, oh. which explores a decade of being single and wow. what I have learned. I've also been very prolific on the dating apps during that time. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> so my name's Susanna Shakespeare. and um, Is that really your last name? Yeah. And Ooh. I wrote a book called uh, The Girl Who Dated Herself. Rebecca and I met at an event and I told her about the book, which she then read and reached out to me and said she was very inspired by it and she wants to write Aww. herself. So I've kind of mentored her a bit. And Brilliant. we've become great, great friends. So We always like to ask our guests the same questions. So I'm wondering what your specific icks are in a relationship. Toilet seats left up. Oh, oh she knew straight away now. Straight in, yeah. Susanna. And what what about, about you? Um, so my biggest ick is men that write, I am looking for a woman who doesn't take herself too seriously. Oh, I see that because, very often. Yeah, I, I take myself very seriously. Like, I take my happiness very seriously. I take my pleasure very seriously. And so should you if you want to be in a relationship mm -hmm. with me. Yeah, so. I mm. agree with that. Like, what does that actually mean? Like, what do you want? You just want to laugh all the time. Well, they mm. just like, don't want someone that's got a fucking opinion. That's what it means. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Oh, sorry. No, no, no <laughs> that really on. pissed me off. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, personality <laughs> not required. Yeah. So, what about green flags then? I've recently read Attached, the psychology oh, yeah. book. Yeah. yeah, it's changed my life. And writing my book and going to therapy has made me realise I've got an anxious attachment style. Mm -hmm. And okay. I used to always be attached to very emotionally unavailable men, like the avoidant. The avoidant. Yeah. Yeah. And so now. If a man says to me, like, he's open to things, he's open to seeing where things go, mm -hmm. that is a green flag to me. If he was to say, like, if you asked him, is he looking for a relationship or for fun, do you ask that question or...? I, yeah, I think as women, there are those pressures on our biological clocks which are particularly drummed into us as we reach 35. And I feel like I'm at the stage in my life where I'm trying to work out whether maybe I would like children one day... And so I don't have time to mess about with these fuckboys, so to speak, mm. that want to waste six months of my life because it's very easy to get into these sort of situationships where you are just kind of repeating the same cycle mm -hmm. of an anxious person dating an avoidant man. So, yeah, I think what I am going to be really specific about when I date again is what are you looking for? Mm. Are you looking for something serious? And that used to give me the ick. It used to give me the ick as well, yeah. Well, asking it or being yeah. asked? Asking it. Being asked, I was like, fuck yeah, this guy's serious. Yeah. But asking it, I'm like, ooh, you want a relationship or not? <laughs> like, I would shy away from it, but now I just fucking My friend ask. wants to know. Yeah. My friend over there in the corner <laughs> said. <laughs> but also, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't just, I, I remember going on a date with this man once and he said, I'm actually looking for something really, like, I'm looking to settle down. I ran away. I was terrified of this situation because I was so used to these emotionally unavailable men mm -hmm. that when someone literally was like, yeah, let's mm. be in a relationship, I thought, what's wrong with him? Why does he want to be in a relationship mm. with me? There must be something why serious. Do you, why do you know what you want? <laughs> and yeah, it just made me realize that if you attract emotionally unavailable men, often it's because you're emotionally unavailable at some level yourself. And I certainly was because I felt so uncomfortable around those conversations about what is this? Where is it going? And I think that comes 
down to if you've been hurt in the past, particularly like dating apps, there's so much ghosting that happens. And so you kind of get used to that happening and you mm -hmm. start to predict that it's going to happen again. And I wrote in my book that I became a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because I started always dating men that were quite emotionally unavailable because then I knew when they left, they, they were gone. And I, I was expecting that, which is quite, you know, get out a little violin situation but I tell you no honestly everything you're saying I completely relate to mm. and, and probably going through it myself what about you green flags green kind of green red I would say um use of social media I find somebody who's constantly sharing their life on social media less attractive than somebody who isn't I think relationships are very private mm. and I think social the age of social media has made everybody kind of broadcast everything about their life on mm. social media so that both gives people something they feel they have to live up to so you're constantly projecting your own life against somebody else's which is only ever the highlights anyway they mm. don't share the real stuff so I think somebody who doesn't do that who maybe just uses it professionally occasionally has days when they don't post anything is more attractive than somebody who's like sharing constantly all day everything they do because it, it feels a little bit of a fantasy world mm -hmm. so tell us about where where you were at when everything was going on your story so I got a notification from Tinder and it came up as like this big celebration on my phone. You know, like there was there was actual bits of confetti on my phone screen and it said, congratulations, you've been liked by 25,000 men on Tinder. Wow. Which took me aback, I'm not going to lie. But I honestly found that the most depressing statistic I've ever read in my entire life because... At the time, I'd just been going from one situationship into another situationship into another situationship for the last 10 years. Was this after being in a relationship or um, I had been in a relationship for about two years and I thought that was going to end in marriage and kids. You know, we'd, we'd had those big conversations. And, and how had you met him? In real life, oh, on a wow. boat in Australia. Oh. Um, in the Whitsundays, which is actually one of those really beautiful honeymoon mm, honeymoon yeah, destinations. Yeah. And I'm probably the only person that's ever got seasick in the Whitsundays because it's literally the most stillest water. Right. And uh, we met when I was vomiting over the side of a boat and he held my hair back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was, you know, the start of a very unromantic love story. But I had built this idea in my head that, that was the end, you know. I'd met this man. Um, it was. It seemed it was going very well, and and then it just ended very abruptly without any explanation as to why the relationship ended. What he broke up with you out mm, of the blue. Yeah, and then there was no further explanation as to why that had happened. I literally never saw him ever again. You never heard from him again. No. So he broke up with you in person. Yes, but he sent me a text message that was ended kind regards. He asked me to go and get my kind belongings from his apartment and it said kind regards at the end of it. And that's actually a poem in my book what called Kind Regards. Yeah. And that's why I Did he start with dear? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I can't actually remember. It probably did begin, dear Rebecca. What was he like? Like, what kind of guy was he? Was he like really well spoken? No, he never sent me a message. Oh, <laughs> Do you think he met someone else? Kidding me? Or? Well, potentially, yes, because he was in a relationship quite quickly after that. So, yeah. Kind regards. Fuck you. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. But do you know what? I, I look back at the... So it, that happened when I was 25. I'm going to be 35 this year. So it's been 10 years, which feels quite symbolic to me. If he hadn't have broken me, I would have quite happily have just kind of bumbled along and not really ever learned anything about myself. Mm-hmm. Because it's only when I stepped out of that relationship that I realized what a muted version of myself I was in that relationship. I was such a people pleaser. Like, if he did something that upset me, I would never question it or challenge the behavior. I would just accept it because Mm. I was so scared that the relationship was going to end. Well, Mm. the relationship ended ended anyway. anyway, So I might as well have been my own person. It sounds cheesy, but honestly, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because since then... I've learned so much about myself and how much love I can bring to myself. I've I've travelled a lot on my own as well, which has been really life-changing for me. Um, a few years ago, I won a holiday to the Maldives on Instagram um, for two people. And I was very, very single at the time when I won this holiday to the Maldives. And I remember feeling so much pressure that I had to take a romantic partner with me because the Maldives like you think it's this exclusive place that only like honeymoon couples, couples can, go, can yeah. go and I couldn't quite get my head around the fact that maybe I could go to the Maldives with a friend so I had a time limit on the voucher for when I could go on this like luxury holiday to the Maldives and it was a year so I thought six months initially I thought six months I'm going to try and find somebody and I put it on my dating app profile oh my <laughs> like God. potentially looking for a man to take to the Maldives with me well like that didn't go down very well actually most men were terrified about the thought of like what it would mean if they if they were to go with me on to the Maldives and even like people I was dating quite seriously even they were like well it's been three months now what does this mean Rebecca does this mean that we should go to the Maldives together and what would it mean if we did go to the Maldives together would that mean that we'd have to get engaged and like just the crazy mm. thoughts going on in their heads and so it got to the six month point and I said sod this I'm taking my best friend and off we went to the Maldives together and we had a bloody whale of a time. It was amazing. It was it was then that I realised that paradise is not the unique space where couples can go. Because we were single, the resort, honestly, they treated us like two princesses. I said <laughs> to them, no rose petals on the bed, please. Like, none of that. Instead, like, I went into the room and they'd, like, lit incense for us. And they said all the excursions that we offer on the island, they were like, because you've not got anything else to do. Because that's what I thought. I'd be, I thought, what, what do you do in the Maldives if you're not having sex all day? Like, What do you actually do there? <laughs> I've just got back from the Maldives, so I can tell you, there was no sex. <laughs> but they, we had lots to do. Cece, have you ever been on holiday on your own then? I go on holiday on my own all the time. Do you? I think I my first trip was just before the lockdown started and I had all the same thoughts as you. I was like, how do I do this? My main thing was eating alone. I just thought, how can I sit in a restaurant and oh, just like people staring. I thought everyone would be looking at me thinking, why is she on her own? What's she gone through? And it was, I think there's something that happens in your 30s that not, we don't really talk about it, but then I guess my my close friends do, but you, your friendship circles change, mm-hmm. everything changes. You know, if you're not attached or if you're not with children, you get moved to the side a little bit. And it's not intentional. It's just that everybody's finding their flow. Their priorities have changed. They're now pregnant or they're having a baby. And your 
Thursday night, fancy a glass of wine girls disappears. So you have to either make new friends or you have to uh, go in with what you mm. were saying, you know, why not do it now by yourself? And I was always waiting for someone to go on holiday with. Always waiting. Are you free yet? You're free now. Oh, I can't now. My baby's poorly or something has happened or I've got into a relationship and I'd rather go with my boyfriend. So oh, fuck it. I'll just go on my own. I will say going away with like a partner or friends, it, friends especially is hilarious. It's like I was going to say I'd love to go to the Maldives with my best mate. Yeah, <laughs> like with a bet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. There's nothing quite like it. But if you're in a bad relationship, I would. I mean, I've had, my solo holidays have been brilliant anyway, and I've always got something from them. Like it's like that whole mm. like light bulb moment. Mm. But my relationship holidays. We just end up arguing. So I'm like, oh, I wish I'd bloody gone on my own now. Oh, I was really? going to say, when you're sitting there in the restaurant on your own, you think everybody's staring at you. They're not thinking that poor sod on her own. No. They're thinking, oh, God. I love to be on my own. I'd love to be without him right now. <laughs> People watching. Like, I, you, I watch yeah. couples and I, I find that fascinating. I love body language. And seeing them like, it, like I remember in Croatia, you know, in the morning they were like holding hands, <laughs> and by, <laughs> by the, the evening, evening they're just like, fuck <laughs> off, <laughs> you know, they're like eating their food. No, I'm like, they've definitely had a Barney. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what it's about. I want to ask the girl, but obviously you can't. And it, it's brilliant. So I don't mind it, but it took a lot to go like that first. Mm. That first holiday is fucking hard. I think it's because we're kind of taught not to do anything on our mm. own, though. Like, yeah. my mum always used to work abroad, and I remember even as, a, as being young and saying, well, who do you eat dinner with? And she'd be like, well, I go to a restaurant and I sit on my own. Mm. And that used to really blow my mind, even as a kid. And, um, you know, people that go to cinema on their own, yeah. I've always thought it's weird. And then... I went to New York to do this acting course on my own mm. for two weeks and I didn't know anyone and they were all students. I didn't really fit in. And I was like, well, I can either go and sit in my room and do nothing mm. or I can go to the theatre, which I absolutely love. And so I did. And this was only a few years ago now. It must have been just before lockdown. Mm. And... Um, I went to theatre on my own the first time and I got ch chatting to like an older couple next to me mm. who were really fascinating. I got the best seat in the house because yeah. it was yeah. like the only one on its own. I got it yeah. cheap. Yeah. And then after that, I went to so many shows on my own after that while I was there. And I was like, it's ridiculous how we have these thoughts of that we can't, we can't. do something alone. Yeah. You've got to do something as a couple. You've got to do something with someone. And actually, there's something so freeing in it that realization that actually i'm all right on my own i think it's a real british thing actually because yeah. you, yeah. you experienced that in new york yeah. when i lived in la it was easier when i lived in paris it was easier it's it's really a british thing that people you feel like you're being judged and i don't know if it's it because you're on your home we're so self-aware mm. or you think but somebody I think might it's home know turf. me i think you're right and when you're in a foreign country you can reinvent yourself mm. and yes you can be who you want and you can make up a little story about yourself and your yeah. head. You know, I'm just this glamorous single person. Or, mm. Yeah. You know. oh, I just, I think it's London. I, maybe not, London. I could maybe do it up north, but in London, oh, I just... Really? Because there's so many people, like, not from England in London. Like, there's And they feel so busy. And I think in my head, I'm thinking, like, a Friday and a Saturday night. Like, with the nights that all my friends are mm. with their children, I, there's no way I'm going out to a bar on my own. To, I'd rather go on holiday on my own than go to a bar in London in, say, Clapham on my own. 
That's fair, That's though. Ma- is it? Is it fair? Well, I think it is, but it's probably not. I think <laughs> that's fair. Is it? Is no, it get, you get hit on as well. When you go to a bar, like if you're a single woman on your own, you'll get some sort of leery guy coming over and going, all right, darling, you're on well, your maybe own. maybe that's why I'm going wrong. That's, <laughs> mate, get that's yourself the in problem, there. Right? <laughs> you don't want those guys. <laughs> but that, that's another thing. Yeah. Like you are like, it's its different. I, yeah, it's it, weird, isn't it? That do you talk to the staff when you go on holiday? Do you like get chatting to the waiters and the hotel Depends staff? Depends on my mood. Like sometimes I just want to switch off because work is so mad that it's quite nice just to not have to talk to anyone and host, you know, you just read your book or read or just do you. Mm. Um, So, yeah, but then sometimes, yeah, I'm like, I want some attention. Right. Who can I talk to today? And Mm. then I'll speak to the pool man. And then suddenly, you know, then he gets the wrong idea. So you're like, right, <laughs> yeah. fuck that one. Um, and not literally, like. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had. <laughs> no. Frankie, bathroom break? Do you know what, after that, I think I'm going to book another holiday. And I am actually going to do this bar no, drinking not. i'm gonna try not. do you know I'll what i'll do okay how about this then what if i go to the pub at 2 p.m on a friday Does it count? and then leave at three it's got to be on like a thursday isn't thursday the big night out yeah, on a thursday on. thursday night 8 p.m in a pub on your own Ooh. <laughs> i wouldn't do that to you Ooh. although i would really like to go on holiday on my own yeah i i would advise that that yeah. is wayne if you're listening i'll see you once i'm back from ibiza in seven days <laughs> <laughs> So what about you then, Susanna? You've written a book called The Girl Who Dated Herself, which is a pretty interesting title. Like, what got you to that point? Well, I was uh, I was living in Los Angeles, and um, uh, as I'm a writer by profession. Um, I was working kind of behind the scenes on a lot of TV and, and film scripts, doing, like, dialogue polishes and stuff. And um, I'd been in three long-term relationships with kind of a few short-term disasters in between. And I was definitely that person who's scared to be single. I I judged myself on the idea of it. And after the one relationship broke down, he used that, um, you know, that trite line on me. Oh, it's not you, it's me. (laughs) I thought, actually, maybe it's me. And so I just took a pledge to date myself for a year and like swear off all relationships. But rather than just be single, I made myself take myself out on dates and write myself a Valentine's card and buy myself flowers and wrap myself presents for Christmas and these crazy things. Were you going to events? Like, what were you doing? Yeah, I would go to the cinema. I went, I think... um, one of my favourite dates was going, taking myself to um, to a classical concert because it was quite fancy in um, in Pasadena. It was a I, I do remember it was the LA Symphony Orchestra. They were playing a Beethoven Symphony, and that's the kind you know going to a, a, a movie or a theatre or something on your on your own. It's a bit more cash. Yeah, but this was a to fancy get dressed thing. Up on I, your I, own. I did. I got dressed up and a. In a cocktail dress with heels and makeup, oh, I went I love and, that. and got a glass of champagne, and I just stood around. And that is one of those times when I did feel people were staring at me because I was the only person alone. Again, I got a really good seat. You know, uh, uh, like there was a one single yeah. seat. And it was like great seat. I, I felt a little awkward, but I enjoyed it. And then the funny, uh, one of the funniest stories in the book is when I took myself dancing. You know, I was the kid at school who. Um, 
you know, the school discos begging people to dance with me because I love dancing. Aww. And, you know, at that when, when you're that age and disco music, you don't dance on your own. You'd look ridiculous. Mm. So you've got to find somebody to dance with. I didn't care if it was a boy, a girl, a group, a teacher and somebody's yeah. dad. Like, come and dance with me. I love this one. <laughs> and then I hit the tail end of the, the sort of rave scene in the, in the late 90s. And I loved rave music simply because, you know, people were off their tits mm-hmm. and nobody cared. Yeah. So you could get in the middle of it and just dance on your own. Yeah. So I really loved that. But then when I was in LA doing this thing, I was doing this dating myself. I thought, well, I've got to take myself. How can I? I was looking to challenge myself. So I went to a salsa club and I got, well, you know, the men were coming up. Come on, darling, come dance with me. I was like, no, 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 just on my own. And I was salsa dancing on my own. Wow. And I'm sure I looked ridiculous, but I just loved it because I it was the epitome that. of how can I do something that you would never imagine somebody yeah. would do on their own. Mm-hmm. I was just looking for that sort of real uh, extra challenge. And I think what I got out of all of that was the importance of dating having making something a date it doesn't matter if it's romantic if it's a friendship if it's on your own mm. it's calling something like I'm going on a date with myself or I'm going on a date with my partner or I'm going on a date with somebody new as long as you call it a date and don't have expectations necessarily beyond it make it something special for what it is mm-hmm. for that night or that occasion or whatever um, yeah, so you were just that. putting on that particular moment, exactly. not like it could be a date leading into da 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 da. Exactly. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, so dial down those expectations mm. and let everything else come afterwards or around it, but just say, right, that moment is a date and just enjoy it for what it is, whether it's, like I say, by yourself or mm. with a friend. How long did it take for you to feel comfortable? You know, when you first started it, when did you kind of start to think, you know what, I actually enjoy this now? Well, I I liken the book to a three-act movie. You know, I was working in that industry, so I knew how to structure it. So I I used a little artistic license, you know. Um, And the first, I guess the first third of it was fun because it's like that first bit in a relationship where you're like, oh, I like this person. This is so cool. She bought me such a great present. Mm. Just what I wanted. (laughs) And then I got a bit sick of myself mm-hmm. and I was like, oh God, you know, I just think the same old thing mm-hmm. again and again. I'm bored of myself. So I went into that slump that you go in. In a relationship, you can then break up with somebody. When you're dating yourself, you can't. I call it like an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. It's kind of stuck with yourself. <laughs> so you've got to learn to love yourself. So it was a different level of love. Mm-hmm. It was after that honeymoon period, it was a different level of love. It was actually having to force myself. And that's when all the ugly stuff came out. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then once that came out and I was like, right, I've got to face this shit. That's when I went into the sort of last third of it where I genuinely started to have a relationship with myself, I suppose, and 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 feel that self-worth, bringing it back to what yeah. you were saying at the beginning, knowing that I'm enough. Because I was also conned by that, um, I think lots of us were, that line in the Jerry Maguire movie, you complete me. And mm. so you hear that line and you're like, where's the person who's going to complete me? I need mm. completing. I'm not enough by myself. And you get caught up in that. And I think there's one thing you can't get from anyone else, and that is validation. You have to validate yourself Mm. before you can then share yourself with someone else. It doesn't mean it's always going to be, you know, a bed of roses, Mm -hmm. but 
you've got to have that 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 base. But mm-hmm. to your to your to, to answer your question more specifically, I think like any relationship now I can have great dates with myself I can have bad dates with yeah. myself I'm good days and bad days days when I think I'm ace days when I just want to like dig a hole mm-hmm. bury myself and stay down there for four, for four months yeah. you know so yeah it just I think it just reflects life really mm. yeah. and after that year what was it if you dated since so obviously you dated yourself yeah. and if you dated yeah. other people after that year yeah yeah. And what was that like? Was that like... Did Better. You, did, yeah. Did, was yeah. it like... Did you notice a huge difference? Like, God, this feels different to the previous year. Like, I've learned something. I'm doing yes. it differently. Choosing yeah. different types of people. I, I wasn't choosing different types of people necessarily to begin with. I think it took me a while to choose better people. Yeah. Because I think I was still making deci- too many decisions based on kind of face values. Yeah. Of being a bit fickle. <laughs> She's but, um, working on that with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that phase. <laughs> Um, but I, I handled myself differently. So I wasn't, because I wasn't, I didn't have that neediness. I could let go more easily. Yes. I Mm -hmm. could say, um, no, this isn't working for Mm. me. And I, I just, I didn't feel I had that power before. Because because I was I was that I was yeah, feeling like I had that choose hold. me isn't it mindset rather than actually I'm choosing not to be with you and also learning that everybody has their flaws and you can't be perfect for everyone mm. you're not just uh, there was that horrible you know she's a nine she's an eight mm. she's a, the ranking of women that that I think men used to do like mm-hmm. there's movies about it and stuff. Well, somebody's four might be somebody else's nine and somebody's yeah. nine might be somebody else's four, you know. And it is to be really crass, you know, what's on the inside that counts. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing I learned, nothing that you can do to your outside that can make you happy on the inside. Mm-hmm. It has to come from the inside first. Mm. And that's another thing mm. I learned in Hollywood, you know, is watching people like starve themselves to a size that they thought would make them happy because it got that person success or this person some success and end up utterly miserable and ill. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like both of you have been on this, like an incredible journey. You, you took a year out, you took your four years to do your therapy. And that is what I would say a lot of people don't do. Mm. And that's where we still, go, we're on this journey. Of like, mm. why can't I find my person? Because we're looking for... Our, our person it's mm. like what about what about this that's you know in front mm. of us so if you could say like what would be the most beneficial thing you've done I mean is it the most obvious thing that you you did your thought four years of therapy and you did your your year off would that would that be or is there anything else that you'd say try this because it will work for you or it's worked for me there's a few things. The first thing that I have learned in therapy, which the therapy was a real key point for me. And I think what I've learned recently is that therapy, there's less of a stigma about it. Mm. When I first started therapy, I didn't tell anybody apart from my family. And my family went, you don't need therapy. And they they were really confused as to what. And I was like, no, I'm just trying to learn about why I keep building these bad relationships. There must be something that I'm doing. And... The, the key thing that I learned in therapy is that chemistry is not compatibility. And that's yes. one thing that dating apps kind of encourage is that you're, you're encouraged to choose somebody based on a physical 
their physical attraction yeah. on their picture. And actually, one thing I learned in therapy too is that those butterflies that you feel in your stomach, that's anxiety. That doesn't mean you're supposed to be with that person. If you've got all these butterflies in your stomach, it's your nervous system saying, I don't feel safe. I feel like on edge. Like, is this person going to turn up on the date? Like, after you've had the date, am I ever going to hear from him again? But there is a difference, right, between anxiety and butterflies. Anxiety is like, oh, my stomach, like there's a difference whereas butterflies like I'm excited I'm going on a fucking date tonight like that is there's there's no smiles with anxiety there's smiles with butterflies yeah that is very true what I found is that I was just kind of getting into these situationships where they were quite ambiguous and so they don't get me wrong they would be so exciting and I would be happy and I would have an amazing time on all these dates but then they wouldn't there would be no long-term conversations about where it was going I know what you're saying I do I get it I get it that sort of that feeling after like is he going to call the next day like should I text him or should he text me like oh my god it's the next morning I haven't heard anything and then you go into that mode of like this isn't butterflies this is like this is full-on anxiety Yeah, which we could mistake for like, oh, it's just because I like him. That's what it is. It's not anxiety. It's because mm. I like him. Yeah. Oh, I'm alive. Mm. And actually, it's you know, you should. I think everyone should always follow up after a date. Mm. And what about you? What would you say? Um, yours? My big one is, uh, as we were talking about before, social media and mm. um, and the digital world. We have all massively overdosed on social media and digital communications um we're not digital <laughs> we're human mm. and i liken it to cake you know if you were e- to eat cake every time you were on social media you'd be very very ill um so i think dialing down that digital mm-hmm. and staying off the apps and staying off social media um and following your life and doing something you know joining um a choir going skydiving um getting into a sport watching live sport doing something where you're going to meet people who've got a similar interest to you Mm -hmm. that's how people used to meet Mm. people in the old days not kind of like scrolling through a catalog of pictures that are mostly mad um, mostly like airbrushed put your phone down put it take turn it off put it in a drawer and go out and do stuff go on a walk mm. go to a bar even if going to a bar on your own Not in Clapham <laughs> well then go somewhere else go to another place go to Liverpool um, yeah. yeah go somewhere where, where you feel or Manchester you know go somewhere where you would feel kind of okay and again you know treat that don't lower your expectations just treat something like a great night out a great date a great occasion Mm -hmm. and yes everybody should get back to you after a date but if he doesn't never mind move on don't linger over it just kind of get back into the moment and do it again with somebody right write them off and and I love the expectations thing so I think Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the the single women that I speak to and myself is where we go wrong Mm -hmm. is we're you know, I'll sit next to somebody on the tube and I think, oh, he might be my one. He could mm. be. We don't even fucking look at each other. Mm. He gets off and I'm like, there we go. There it's gone. One. Yeah. And Hi, my everyone love. I interact with, I'm like, maybe, maybe it's him. He's not quite right in this, that, and the other, but maybe it could be him. And I've gone on a tangent of my own head of like, we're now married yeah. and we haven't even looked at each other. Well, ladies, I'd love that. Thank you so much. That has been, you have like opened my mind. I love all this kind of chat. Cece's had a light bulb moment. Yeah, more light bulbs. I'm going to go for another walk. I'm going to go to a bar in Clapham and book another holiday. (laughs) I don't believe you about the bar in Clapham. No, I don't. I'll give you the answer. Maybe I'll do it by the end of the year. That'll be my one tick. Well, thank you so much, guys. Um, It was lovely.
Thanks for listening, guys. And while you're at it, I know you've got your phones open. So you see that little follow button? Hit it now. And whilst you're there, you might as well leave us a really nice review. From Podimo and 2020, this has been First Dates Podcast, hosted by me, Frankie Bridge. And me, Cece Coleman. The producers are Blondin Hogue and Fionn Lewis. The video producer is Rob Walsh. The executive producers for Podomo are Jake Chudnow and Matt White. The executive producer for 2020 is Martin Tricky. Special thanks to Bruna Pias, Kendra Steve and Fatima Patea. For ad-free episodes, subscribe to Podomo UK on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.